actually Tuesday evening, it's ten past nine, and we're pre-recording this because on Friday, as you're listening, you better be listening, <laughs> <laughs> I am in London at the Marxism Festival, learning lots of things about the world and how oh fucked up Lord. it is, and possible suggestions of what we could do about that. Well, that's nice, I'll be helping a friend do her taxes. Are you? Yeah, I'm doing something for the community. Wow. I'll be going through my spreadsheet. Actually, you've got to be broadcasting the show. Oh, yeah, sorry. I will be broadcasting <laughs> the show. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And then afterwards. Okay, phew. We're doing some spreadsheet business. Don't worry. Don't um, worry. Apologies, though, that uh, I know this is becoming a little bit of a standard now that we're doing a, uh, a pre-record. But it's coming back to normal. In fact, we're headed for a real long run. Oh of yeah. live shows from Edinburgh, from Edinburgh, live from Edinburgh. Oh, um, well, we're going we're gonna to promo that a little closer. To yeah, but, but we'll, be, we'll be doing a little show for the Merchant City Festival coming oh, yeah. up in a couple of weeks as well. Exactly. Right. So anyway, in anyway. A, in honour of uh, anyway, <laughs> enough of that. In honour of uh, Marx and his way of looking at the world, um, we, I, have <laughs> <laughs> imposed another theme on Oliver, which is really naughty, because that's me picking two in a row. Um, but I wanted to do criticisms, mm-hmm. because I thought that would be really, really interesting, because it's our 27th show, so we've just gone over the tipping point. And we did talk about, to celebrate like being halfway through the year, that we would do a couple of shows that kind of reflected on previous shows, yeah. and we talked about doing a review show. Um, so this is kind of a review show, I suppose. Not that yeah. we've done any reviewing, but we're going to be critical and talk yeah. about... I mean, let's think... I was just actually getting a bit panicky because I was thinking, oh, I wonder what my favourite shows have been so far. Oh, yeah. But, um, well... There are some. I mean, I think Powers was very good a couple of... I don't want this to turn into okay, a big Okay, no, this is already getting <laughs> really ridiculous. Can we get into some of the, like... That's getting some quite heavy intellectual... Thanks, debate. Oliver. Thank you. <laughs> but I was thinking, yeah, critis- uh, th- criticisms, what it means to be critical, I suppose. Because as artists, we're kind of taught to be critical. Mm. We're taught a special way of looking at the world where you don't... You question everything, I suppose. And this is one thing that I said when I had my interview at Duncan and Jordanston, is um, what did I think that I could teach the students? Well, it's quite a good question if you're going <laughs> to <laughs> for a job as an art lecturer. But one of the things that I think that is essential, one of the things that I probably learned at art school, is the ability to sort of look at everything around you critically and to look at your own position within the world critically as well mm. not to take anything for granted i suppose that's it i guess that's what i was kind of that's what i will be imposing on those young minds yeah. when we get into the art school i in think September. actually though there does have to be some sensitivity when it comes to that because i was i suppose the thing that i was wondering actually is maybe whether there are times 
in which being critical doesn't necessarily serve you well. Like yeah. Perhaps there's times where we don't always have to be interpreting things. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. I think it can make your life a hell of a lot stressful. I mean, because I think as a, as a human being, it's interesting, actually, because I remember you saying about that theory about when you reach a certain age, you move from, like, an aesthetic paradigm to a ethical paradigm what was it i really really <laughs> would love to have said that <laughs> you said something like that oliver I when I said that. but i basically i don't know i'll try to remember more i'd like about to take it. credit for it though <laughs> no but you just well read it me. somewhere oh, <laughs> you just bloody read it somewhere but like when i think about what i was like before i went on the mfa course basically before i taught myself all of these skills and for for looking at the world like and then after that point, especially like after reading Capital as well and kind of mm. like learning more about capitalism, even understanding what that word means mm. and seeing how it is kind of everywhere around us. And this is obviously the way that Marx um, inspired people to look at the world and how he kind of like almost brainwashed people to see the world in a certain way. And I think in Conspiracies yeah. we talked about how Frederick Jameson had written about... Um, the effects of capitalism often being experienced as a conspiracy. Mm. But I feel oh like well this is the masters of suspicion, right, which we did talk about. I mean, that's Marx, Nietzsche and Freud. They came up quite a lot a couple of months ago in our discussions about how they basically... Influences, that was yeah, it. Yeah, was that in Influences? That's a good show, if anyone's listening who hasn't checked that one I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, and and this is the problem actually that we were just we got to this situation where it just seemed like you had to be critical of everything. Yeah. And I and and another problem with that is if you're being critical with everything, I was thinking, you begin to sort of lose a foothold mm-hmm. on like a central sticking point of which you're not critical. And then I mean the the nightmare scenario which I find myself in or I have found myself in a lot, and I'm really trying to move away from it a little bit at the moment is that you just begin living in this situation of like relativism all the time like in terms of making a judgment yeah. making a critical judgment about something for a long time I just feel like a lot of my views are really like just based in relativism relativism <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean you know just like it's just like or maybe everything is equally valid so but you know, so it's very difficult to make one judgment of which is better or which is worse. Mm. Uh, but it's not necessarily that I really believe in that because actually I think the problem was that I wasn't really paying full attention to the things that I was judging. or I wasn't. Okay. I didn't really have enough of a base to make a judgment. I think the problem that I had is a similar or problem a criti- of being a overly... C- yeah. A criticism. A, a criticism. A similar problem of being like overly critical is that I did have a base or I thought I had a base and then like with looking at my own life I suppose ethics if you <laughs> and my my ethical code like and how you're so critical you change your behavior and then you become criti- more critical and you're shutting down shutting down more and more and more you're, you're kind of paralyzing yourself mm-hmm. because you're you're um, being so critical of everything around you that you're choosing a path, a very, very, very narrow pathway, 
I suppose. You're tiptoeing along it. Yeah. And it's just getting narrower and narrower and narrower because you've shut everything else out because they're deemed to sort of not fit into your... Yeah, I think I actually find it really... I don't actually know, you know what you were saying? Like, maybe it's a good idea at art school to teach people to be critical. Because I think that the problem is, whenever you make a criticism, right, there's just this situation that I'm really (laughs) beginning not to like more and more, of just this idea that you know better. Mm. And that is exciting because sometimes you do, but a lot of the time people don't. And And, you know, like, are you really criticizing something accurately because I think you have to observe a lot of factors in the the situation that you're criticizing but that you can't really criticize something based on your own um, circumstances yeah. your own ideas about the world so for example last week I know I told you this before but no one else on the radio has heard it so I might as well just crack it in but um, I was on the phone to my mom last week yeah and she said to me oh, well I just hope you haven't left it too late to have made a success of your life <laughs> and um, it's like I was thinking about that a lot actually to do with criticisms because it's really stayed with me all week Aww. and it hasn't like it hasn't ruined my week but it's just like I just find it so problematic people throw things because I'm sure that she didn't I mean it's a problem that she didn't really think about what she was saying before she said it yeah. but a lot of people don't you know when you're making criticism I don't a lot of the time yeah and um, yeah I mean I don't know where she was judging that point of success from well I do it's about like making a financialist you know yeah. being a lawyer or a doctor oh but I mean it's it's interesting she's not observing the different I think. No. <laughs> no, she's probably not aware of the different. Who is? <laughs> anyway. I think it's Leotard. Leotard. Is that what we call yeah. him? Is that what he's called? Yeah, Jean-François. Jean-François Leotard. Anyway, uh-huh. I was trying to think how I could relate this back to roller derby. Hmm. Because in my photo, I, it's, it's t- Monday night. I said it was Tuesday night. Yeah, it's before, outrageous. It's Monday night. Well, I came back lies. from roller derby and I was really sweaty, and we just took the photo after that. So it's a really sweaty roller derby picture. We, and you can see my roller derby name on my back, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit later. But it was, I wanted to relate it back to this idea of like learning something new, learning a new skill, because suddenly you start at the bottom of the ladder again. Mm. So you might be used to thinking, I'm 33, I'm an artist, I'm an art lecturer, I'm doing this thing, I'm living the dream. <laughs> like, I'm doing a radio show from my flat, <laughs> I'm in my pictures in the fucking magazine. <laughs> like, all of that <laughs> stuff that you secretly think is if you want to cheer yourself up. And then you go back into the situation where suddenly you're surrounded by all these people who are a hell of a lot, most of them a lot longer, <laughs> younger than you, who just kick ass. And they just walk all over you and they really don't show you any respect at all. And they are very, very critical <laughs> of your skills, but in a supportive way. Because it's all about yeah, learning. Yeah, I'm not really very good with criticism, great. actually. I'd like to be. Actually, do you know, today I was looking on Spotify yeah. to um, try and find a track that I was interested in playing today. And um, I came across a hypnotherapy track all about no accepting word. criticism. And I was telling my mum, because actually, me and you, me and Ellie Harrison, were very big fans of hypnotherapy last year, weren't we? Were. We? we were doing really some. got into it. I was doing Paul McKenna, and you were doing one... What was she called? Jennifer <laughs> Teal? I, I can't know. shout her out on the radio. She's terrible. <laughs> but, should, we, should I play right. my song, Oliver? Yeah, go on, you play it. Why don't you introduce... 
the concept for this song. <laughs> God, stop. Sorry, I've got a spot on my head and I can't stop touching it. it. It's so gross. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to see you touch that again. Sorry. <laughs> Keep your hands under the table. I've been holding a hot cup of tea over it all day to try and You're so gross. try and bring it out okay. a bit. Right. <laughs> this song, okay. I got a new phone this week. It's nothing flashy. It's pretty. It's right in. Anyway, it's got two SIM cards in it. That's a different story <laughs> altogether. It's a cheapskate phone. It's a cheapskate phone. It's a cheapskate phone. Anyway, uh, I was putting some music on it and it wouldn't work because I bought a micro SIM card from China and obviously it's not very high quality. But I was listening to a lot of new songs that were on my iPod anyway and I was going, what on earth are they? And I found this one and I really like it. And it's by... A band <laughs> called The Knife. Well done. And it's called Pass It On. I think it's called Pass This On. Oh, Pass This On. Anyway, it's really cool. And I have no idea how it ended up in my music collection. But I just thought the idea of the knife, like cutting like a knife. It's from an album called Deep Cuts. Like this idea of like critique or a sharp point of a blade. Anyway, let's listen to it. Pretty that. abstract. Pretty abstract. Seems to make sense to me.
And as we were watching it, the video to the song we just watched, <laughs> listened to, <laughs> and uh, um, I was getting a little history, a short short track history of The Knife. I think it's quite amazing that you never heard of them before. They are bloody good. Yeah, I really they're really like cool. Them. They're really sexy and cool. All of their albums, I think. I'm trying to put them on my micro SD card. Well, that's all your songs sorted for the rest of the radio show. Oh yeah, I did want to apologise. I think the steel drums might be exactly the same as the steel drums on that Jamie XX song. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe he just sampled them. Yeah, I guess so. It's a bit naughty, isn't it? Okay, criticisms. Let's talk about criticisms, because you look like you're about to talk about a bruise. Oh, I've got the most horrendously large bruise on my elbow from falling over. Well, I was given a criticism today. Oh, okay, tell me about it. By um, Rogue Runner. Oh, she said... Outrageous. No, she <laughs> she's one of the roller girls. I probably shouldn't mention names. But anyway, she said you shouldn't fall over so much. Well, I mean, that is true. She didn't kiss her Did she kiss her too? No, it would have been more <laughs> if she had. I wish she had. But anyway, what about this, Oliver? Who said this? The examined life is not worth living. I'll tell you who that is. That is. That is. Oh, this is so nice. It's so- is it Socrates? I think it is Socrates. Well, let's, let's call him Socrates. I think you'll find that's the correct way. Some people don't. Some people refuse to acknowledge it unless you call him Socrates. Oh my god! He said the unexamined life is not worth living. I think it's quite a good one. Another little fact here, which I want to bring in, is from mm-hmm. the, my new book, um, which we're very excited about. My house, our house. Sorry, <laughs> um, it's called Dark Matter uh, and Politics in the Age of Enterprise Culture. Mm-hmm. I am on page 18 now. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> on page uh, four, minus four of the, oh. pre- of the, of the preface, or whatever you call it, mm-hmm. it talks about a little publication which was set up by our friends Walter Benjamin and Bertolt Brecht. Walter Benjamin? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Benjamin. <laughs> thinking in the 30s kind of at the same time as the great depression anyway they called it crisis und kritik with k's obviously because they were germans but that means crisis and criticism and what it says about in the preface here is that the word criticism is actually derived from the word crisis oh interesting as, as though you only reach a critical point when you're pushed into Who, it. What philosopher said that? That we only... Um, oh, my God. It's someone quite contemporary. Like the, Is it John John Dewar? Is he a philosopher? Oh, what I is he? So something like we only think when we're faced with problems. Well, yeah, but it's exactly the same. That's I mean, so embarrassing. I probably just butchered that. But that's what they're, but that's what they're saying. Like, that you only reach a critical point when you come up against a crisis. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think definitely the only reason that I thought... Because I think, right, if I'd have been a wonderful heterosexual and I hadn't had any problems growing up with my family, I would have quite easily fallen into a lifestyle, I think, of just having a job and getting a family and having a wonderful time, really, and probably just living in my hometown or maybe moving one town along. 
but really <laughs> it was being a shameful homosexual uh, yeah. and having to deal with that yeah, terrible burden that pushed me on to or not pushed me on but it definitely made me think a lot more about the things that people accepted in their daily life as just being like whatnot because my mom when i was a kid was obsessed with the concept of like the normal person and mm. like why aren't you normal why aren't you like search and search or search and search and that i mean that yeah I mean, I, that has definitely been a critique on of me yeah is definitely what led me then to be critical of other people yeah i guess it was like a little crisis in your in your yeah, household quite a, quite a bloody big crisis <laughs> <laughs> Still is, I suppose. Yeah, it's ongoing. We're Definite dealing with it. We're working in this through house. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, in a way, uh, when you're criticised, you only have two options, right? It's just to accept or just to become critical yourself. But yeah. in order to be critical yourself, what you have to do is be quite clever <laughs> before you can put a viewpoint, because otherwise you just spout out, well, anything a little bit like this right now. <laughs> just. Shall Just I? treading water. <laughs> no, don't tread water. I've got a good quote. Come on, give us a quote. This is something I read in Art Monthly um, about the idea of critique because it mm-hmm. was talking about participation and, you know, like the trends in contemporary art towards more participatory mm-hmm. art forms that um, bring in the audience. But it was talking about uh, when, when the audience is implicated in the artwork as it being a switch point in the transition from alienated victim of late capitalism to a socially engaged critic of that ideology and their position within its political, economic, and social and cultural frameworks. So it's like... That's a lot of words. It's a lot of words, but I think what it was trying to say is, actually, it is a switch point. That's why I think the knife is important because it's like this cut this moment when you realize and something else that was described as this idea of like when you learn about marxism like you're taking this red pill have you heard that before no analogy like that's what i've got in the picture in the back Uh, oh maybe of marx and the red pill because it's like once you take the pill then you see the whole world in a whole Mm -hmm. different light but i think it's quite easy to reach that switch point you just got to open your mind and read and learn and uh, and i think you can lose it but there has to be there has to be the tipping right that happens before that so and in relation to what you were just saying then with that quote and what we were talking about before i had a little quote okay it's not a real quote but i read this week i read a dissertation an undergraduate dissertation that was written about my work this year by alex missick beautiful alex missick and he used Claire Bishop quite a lot. Claire Bishop cropped up quite a lot. And now I don't know if this is from Claire Bishop or it's from our friends Laclow and Moof. Oh, yes. Uh Criticising others. Uh, I think the, the quote is something like, what, uh, that which isn't me renders my identity precarious. So, like, so it's what we were talking about before, right? When you're faced with the other mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that it's quite... Uh, it, the other is forced upon you, then it, yeah. it it messes with your head a little bit, right? <laughs> or you have to reassess. Like, so criticizing others becomes like a way of bolstering one's own yeah. opinion of yourself. Yeah, I guess like use criticism as like some kind of, and I think that's probably why I don't like it in a way because 
I think that people can use it just in a way to make themselves feel better or to take the attention off them thinking about themselves. Yeah. I think the best people in a way are probably the people who just get on and don't stop to criticise or get involved. Because I find myself doing it all the time being yeah but there's i suppose there's times when it's appropriate to be critical and give critical feedback and there's times when it's not and so when i'm in the studio sometimes i just can't help but getting involved if i hear someone say Mm. something absolutely ridiculous i can't stop myself but from just piping up because i'm just around the corner from the social space i just imagine that just creep putting my head around the corner and just cheat chipping into people's conversations <laughs> like an irritating little voice from it's behind the annoying. thing but sometimes you can't help it because you hear things that you feel like you've got to say anyway i mean apparently we're in a sort of situation where we've got to wind this up we now. are because we've gone on too long and i would just like to, you know i think this show okay, is so very listen. very very incoherent and rambling and i think we should be very critical of it on yeah our way i out. think that please do be critical tweet in because this be is a bit of a this what happens when disaster. we do a nighttime show night bit of a disaster look disaster. how sweaty i was when i came back there. anyway exhausted. listen right it's not time for you to talk about sweat or bruises or roller derby I chose a song, right, because I was thinking about how the 2000s, really, and have been quite a positive time. You know, there's, especially in the, the, the last couple of years of the 2000s, there's been a real investment of optimism mm. uh, and a focus on happiness and well-being, which I think comes out of a time in the 90s, which now I think when we look back on quite nihilistic time, quite, you know, quite a sarcastic time, a big stage of, like, everyone was wild about irony. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I think that this threw us into a situation where we just didn't know. There was just so much happening everywhere that no one really knew what they were doing. That I think it made them shut down. Wasn't it? Thanks, Baudrillard. <laughs> Thanks for that feedback. Anyway, at the end of the day, so I've chosen this song because it, it reminds actually it reminds me of two things. It reminds me of being stuck in my house with some people who weren't wild about homosexuals and dreaming about the time when I could get away and a forming gate. critique. A little gay heaven. Yeah, to a little gay heaven. And this song is perfect for a little gay heaven, actually. Aww. But it also reminds me just of people, like, there's just so much that you don't know even where to start. And I think that that's been a real problem for me with critique or criticisms. So this is a song by Sash, exclamation mark, mm. featuring Tina Cousins. Uh, and it's called Mysterious Times. Have a really beautiful Friday. And Apologies. Yeah. For this rambling. Go and take the red pill.
Thank you.